to resurrect their moribund basketball program. I mean, the 90s, they were dead. Moribund. <laughs> Never heard that word used. Yeah. No, I looked it up and it says, at the point of death. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to give him credit for that. Durs, you have to try and use the word moribund <laughs> in the actual recording. Chances are, I remember saying that. I better write that down and put it like it's 72. <laughs> you should try and use it as much as possible. <laughs> These are the tales of college basketball past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off court moments, memories of personal fandom, catastrophe, and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. And I'm Pat. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the college basketball stories. I'm Justin Hinders, uh, also known by Durs by many, and I'm going to tell you a story of the 2002, 2003, and 2003, 2004 Dayton Flyers. Right. Flyers. Excellent. Excellent. Nailed it. All right. So the, the 2002, 2003 Dayton Flyers, um, you know, so this team uh, was probably one of the most hyped up teams, um, you know, that I can recall. So, you know, looking back at this team, you know, Dayton obviously had a rough, you know, time in the 90s. Uh, in 2000, they did make the NCAA tournament, uh, unfortunately lost um, to Purdue um, in the first round. I believe they lost by a point, had a shot to win at the buzzer, missed it. Um, you know, that team had Mark Ashman, Tony Stanley, um, you know, and, and unfortunately we lost that. We thought, you know, what are the next couple of years going to hold? Uh, luckily, you know, Oliver Purnell, um, you know, started to form a pretty good team. Um, you know, Ron Marshall, Keith Waskowski, you know, who many people know, uh, Sean Finn, uh, my personal favorite, DJ Stelly, um, Nate Green. You know, this core started to, um, you know, obviously started to mature as they become, you know, you know juniors and seniors. Uh, so by the time they, you know, they hit their junior year, um, you know, people could tell special things were forming. Um, you know, maybe it was finally time for Dayton to you know, get back to the tournament, win a tournament game. And um, yeah, so it was just, it was an exciting time. So th this team, you know, outside of the, you know, obviously the OB team, uh, the Scoochie team, you know, this team's probably number three in my mind or regards to teams that, um, you know, was just so much fun to, to watch and watch them win. And they're just, they're just good guys. Um, you know, so looking at, you know, I know we kind of talked briefly on the team roster. Um, you know, I guess I kind of forgot the best one, Brooks Hall. Brooks Hall was a, a senior uh, this year. Brooks, Brooks was probably one of the most uh, highly recruited guys Dayton's ever landed. Um, I always heard Brooks was the first guy to uh, essentially get paid to come to Dayton. Uh, so he, was, he grew up in, in Dayton area, uh, in oh, Troy, yeah. Ohio. And, um, you know, they said Brooks could have went anywhere, you know, Kentucky and Ohio State, Cincinnati, um, you know, and, you know, he chose to stay home in Dayton, you know, which is one of the first big recruiting wins Dayton's had, you know, since I can recall. Uh, I know many of you guys know that, that I love recruiting. So uh, even, uh, even a young Durs at the age of, uh, you know, 10 was, was excited about getting Brooks Hall. But Brooks was a senior. Uh, Keith Waskowski, who many know as well, was a junior. Uh, Ramon Marshall, who was an, an awesome lefty point guard, uh, was a junior. Sean Finn, big man, seven foot, he was a junior. Uh, DJ Stelly, as I talked about, he was a senior. Nate Green was a senior. Um, you know, so with that core, Dayton kind of had all the pieces of a good team. You know, Keith and Sean was probably, I would say, one of the best big man duos in college basketball. Uh, you know, Ramon Marshall was a, a big shot maker. You know, he was... He was that scoochie. He was that crutcher. Uh, he was just a great port guard. DJ Stelly, uh, shooter. You know, he was a lefty guy. Uh, you know, kind of had a shot like um, Salim Stoudemire, um, in which, you know, his form looked good. Uh, he had cornrows. So I just thought he was one of the coolest guys, you know, on the team. So, yeah, he was he was fun. 
big Nate Green. Nate Green was a, a bruiser. Um, you know, he was, you know, he was probably only 6'5", 6'6", uh, but he was like 260, right? So he was just a guy who, you know, throws muscle around and, you know, and get in the paint and, and mix things up, which was fun. Um, you know, and, and one other fun fact, this team also had Frank Iguodala, uh, who, <laughs> who was Andre Iguodala's brother. Um, so as soon as people heard that. Just as good. Andre, yeah. They saw Andre go in the first round of the draft. We landed Frank, and we said, holy smokes, we got a, we got a player here. Uh, the only thing I can remember from Frank's career is uh, Dayton did have a red and blue game, or not a red and blue game, a, a midnight madness back then. Uh, and at this Midnight Madness event, they did a dunk contest, and Frank actually chipped his tooth on the rim uh, the dunk contest. And maybe that's why the dunk contest and Midnight Madness shut down. Who knows? But uh, that's probably the one notable highlight of Frank Iguodala's basketball career at Dayton. <laughs> Talking uh, about bringing the dunk contest back. Yeah. I'm glad they are bringing it back, which is good, which is good. So, oh, yeah. Um, Perfect time for a uh, you know a local uh, dental practice yeah. sponsorship there. Very true. An IL deal. Very true. Um, so yeah, that's a quick roster overview. Um, I know we'll dive into the games and things like that, but this team, um, you know, as I said, this team was special. You know, this team went twenty four and six uh, overall. Uh, they went fourteen and two in the A ten. Unfortunately, both those losses came to uh, our former rival Xavier. Um, you know, and uh, but other than that, you know, ran ran the table. You know, that was the best record we've had in the A10. You know, outside of the, the special you know season we had a couple years ago, uh, they're ranked in the AP poll. You know, which was a rarity back then. You know, finished as high as 16th in the AP poll, which was awesome. Um, stat wise, nothing was really special in regards to you know points per game or um, you know offensive efficiency or things like that. We just, we just had a good you know senior led team. Um, you know, in the end, this team was a four seed in the NCAA tournament, which, um, unfortunately, we got to say is our best finish ever. I know we would have been a one seed uh, in 2020, but the four seed was the, was the highest we've ever been. Um, so it was it was exciting times. It was very exciting. Thoughts on the man at the helm? So Oliver Pinnell. Um, yeah, so Oliver came to Dayton from from Old Dominion. Um, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I, I don't remember Oliver you know, really starting uh, at Dayton, but I, really probably my first memory of Dayton basketball is, is Oliver Purnell. Uh, so I've been a Dayton basketball fan, you know, my whole life. My parents went to Dayton. Um, you know, my parents have season tickets my whole life. My grandparents have had season tickets my whole life. Um, you know, so I've been going to games forever. Uh, I used to fall asleep at the games and, you know, I, I didn't remember much of the, the players, things like that. But really my first memories are, the Purnell teams, Tony Stanley and Mark Ashman and, you know, Keith and Sean, and, and it goes on. So, um, yeah, so Purnell stepped in and um, he was able to turn Dayton into, you know, really, I guess the bottom feeder they were. I already forget the the the, uh, the one word I was supposed to use for this. What was the word again? Pat? Fuck, I got to pull it up now. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it too. I was going to say dormant, but that wasn't, that's not it. More of a breather. Mormon. That's a terrible word. <laughs> so anyway, so Oliver was able to um, really start to turn the program around. Um, you know, he got that core going. He started, um, you know, we got, well, fortunately, lost the NCAA tournament game, but we made a couple of NITs, which back then people were excited about the NIT. Uh, I know I was happy to make the NIT as a fan. Uh, but yeah, started making some NITs, started to get momentum going. Um, you know, and Oliver finally had this core, uh, which hopefully this forward. So, um, you know, th this team, uh, started out the year, uh, decently, uh, they had a great non-con schedule. You know, they have a non-con schedule that I think any of us would take today. Um, you know, it started out, you know, playing oh, Cincinnati yeah. at UD arena, uh, which is, you know, which is awesome. So, you know, those, those Bob Huggins led teams in which, um, to me that, that was peak Cincinnati, uh, Dayton was able to beat them. You know, they, you know. Uh, that was a top 25 win at the time, and that really showed that, hey, this Dayton team could do something. Uh, in, in classic Dayton fashion, however, <laughs> they came following Cincinnati. They played Miami at Miami, um, so that old little beat-up, you know, Millet Hall. Uh, and, of course, you know, we lose by 15. Um, you know, so coming off a big win and, and lose by 15 is, is peak Dayton. 
Um, but hey, growing pains. Of course, yeah. As a as a Flyer fan, that it is. That it is. Also, you know, they did play St. Louis in the non-con. St. Louis at the time was in Conference USA. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose to St. Louis, um, but luckily there was no ABC Cup. Um, you know, on the line, so you know, maybe the loss wasn't impactful or any. Uh, but anyway, fast forward through some some other non-con games between you know very small teams. Dayton played three back-to-back, three straight games between Nova, Duke, and Marquette. Two of those being at UD Arena, which is which is awesome. Uh, and I truly think us beating Villanova um, is maybe the reason why we're not in the Big East. I think I don't think they've recovered from that from that upset. So. Uh, I know Jabs had a uh, a write up with Keith and Brooks talking about this Villanova game. Actually, in this game, uh, it was a buzzer beater. Um, you know, so as Jabs perfectly described it, it was kind of a um, an unorganized buzzer beater. But yeah, Keith was involved, Brooks was involved, and ultimately, I think it was Mark Jones uh, who hit the 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 bank. Um, or no, it was Brooks who hit the bank. So it was Keith to Mark Jones to Brooks who banked it in. Uh, to to upset Villanova, uh, which was which was awesome. Obviously, Villanova wasn't the Villanova they are today, but I was still a, a win over a Big East team, uh, in which I, I think, you know, shows that we should be in the Big East. Uh, anyway, so following that Big East win, uh, we played Duke at Duke, um, and this was this was a fun matchup because you know Duke was a, a top five team at the time as they they normally have been. Um, and you know Dayton, uh, unfortunately, got down pretty big early in the game, and, and many thought it was, um, you know, it was over. And then, um, you know, I remember they they came back and actually made a pretty close game. At one point, I believe it was a, it was maybe a three or four point game in the second half. Uh, and thinking, you know, my gosh, are we gonna are we actually gonna beat Duke? Eventually, Duke pulled ahead at camera, uh, and Dayton ended up losing by uh, by eleven. Uh, but you know the fact that we were actually close uh, competing against Duke, I think, showed that this team could could really compete with anybody. Did you watch that game on TV? I did. I did. It was That's a probably uh, just like almost probably like a dream. Feels like watching Dayton on on Duke's floor. Duke's I mean, it, it doesn't get yeah. any better seeing Dayton playing on Duke's floor, and competing with them. You know, they really were playing them close, which is you know, which was awesome because um, especially. Non-con, you know, against you know a non-power five team, if you want to call it, um, you know, they used to just dominate those teams, right? So the fact that we were keeping close was, which was awesome. So I wish they would continue, uh, but unfortunately, I, that was really a one-time, one-time thing. So with the the Nova game, you know, you suspect that uh, that's the reason we didn't, um, you know, go to the or get invited to the Big East because they're not over that. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised that after a, maybe a little bit of a scare for Duke there that we haven't been invited to to play at Cameron again. That's valid. That's valid. I think I think got a couple working Coach theories K, here. Once Coach K finally retires, you know, maybe maybe John Shire says, you know what, it's time to bring Dayton back and let's 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 play That's Dayton right. again. <laughs> let's hope for reestablish the Dayton Duke rivalry. Coach K, you know, I know Coach K was a lot younger, you know, 18 years ago, but. uh yeah, if we if we would upset him, he might have been uh, you know laying on the floor during a TV timeout. <laughs> so anyway, following the Duke game, um, Marquette comes in. Marquette was still in Conference USA at the time. How Marquette has gone from Conference USA to the Big East um, disturbs me. Don't know how they made that leapfrog, but anyway, they're in Conference USA, um, and this Marquette team was led by Travis Diener, who is a uh, uh, I guess a TBT legend, um, you know, so uh, good for Travis. But also Dwayne Wade, you know, I know this was Dwayne Wade before he really became, you know, D-Wade, but, um, you know. I believe it's top. pronounced Dwayne. True, Dwayne. that is true. Um, they were a top, you know, 15 team. Uh, and and I remember being at this game. I remember how loud the arena was. I mean, it was it was rocking. Um, so, uh, you know, a top Top 15 team, Don Codd at UD Arena. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get any better. Dayton won in overtime uh, over the Wade-led team. And, um, you know, I think everyone was just so excited heading into A-10 play, thinking, you know, the sky's the limit with this group. So 
Uh, it was a great non-con overall. You know, of course, I'm disappointed loss to Miami and St. Louis and, um, you know, a very close loss to Duke. Uh, but overall, a great non-con. And, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the fans had many things to look forward to. Um, you know, fast forward to A-10 play, you know, the, the team started out with, you know, I think they started out with nine straight wins, eight straight wins. Um, you know, so, you know, thinking, you know, we might, we might run the table here. Um, you know, Temple was decent back then. Um, you know, somehow I think George Washington was decent back then. Um, I guess shout out to Temple for beating the A-10. Rumor is they might, they might come back now. Uh, not sure if we want him back. Uh, but they were, you know, they were a good program uh, under John Chaney and uh, uh, whoever their other coach was that I forget um, stepped down in recent recent years. What's his name? Yeah, no big. Um, yeah, whatever. Fran Dunphy. Fran Dunphy. Um, Dunphy. Yes, Temple had a good program under Fran. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Dayton was beaten then. UMass was decent. You know, LaSalle and Duquesne were, you know, still typical LaSalle and Duquesne. But anyway. Um, so they won eight or nine in a row and then go play Xavier at Xavier. Unfortunately, it was at the Cintas Center. Um, I think everyone knows the streak at the Cintas Center, so really no need to dive into this one. Uh, we know the we know the outcome for it, unfortunately. Um, you know, one of the best parts of the uh, the, the Dayton Xavier robbery was you know, before the, the Arch Baron Cup, you know, there was an actual trophy on the line for the Blackburn McCafferty trophy. Uh, so this trophy, you know, it it both teams wanted it. Both teams always had a, 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 they gave out the trophy. They always had a, an MVP following. Uh, so it was a special rivalry. Um, and one of the funny stories is, you know, obviously we don't play each other now, but um, probably about two years ago, uh, one of my friends found that the, the Blackburn McCaffrey trophy uh, was up for auction, you know, with some janky website, which you could bid on it. You know, I think at the time it was going for three to $400. And a group of us were thinking of pooling our money together to bid on that trophy, and we we're going to make it our, our fantasy football trophy. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we didn't pull the trigger on it, uh, but it would have been it would have been so much fun at the time to um, you know kind of have that trophy in our in our possession. Just given the history between between Dayton and Xavier, it really was a special rivalry. Uh, I I can't imagine walking into my uh, office every day and seeing that trophy sitting there. That would. Uh, that's a, just a great way to start the work day every day in my mind. Yeah, I think it was symbolic of, um, you know, Xavier kind of getting rid of that trophy as, you know, we don't want to ever have to consider playing Dayton again. That is a fact. You know, Clearly, Xavier just sure. pretty much dropped it off at a goodwill and said, uh, hey, we're, we're done with this program. Bunch of cowards. That they are. <laughs> but anyway, after that Xavier game, you know, Dayton continued to win, win more games. Um, probably the most notable was the St. Joe's team. Uh, so from the St. Joe's perspective, this, this was the year before St. Joe's had their incredible run, you know, kind of went, you know, undefeated and, you know, got a, you know, number one seed, et cetera. But the St. Joe's team had, you know, Jameer Nelson, uh, they had Delonte West, um, they might've had Pat Calathis, who, who was also good as well, but, you know, funny story. So I was, you know, 12, 13 at the time. And, um, you know, like my dad likes to do, he likes to get to the game, you know, two hours before the game starts. So we're, we're there well in advance, St. Joe's warming up. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get their autograph. You know, they, these guys, you know, there's only three, I think there's only three guys I've gotten an autograph from, from opposing teams. It was David West, Jameer, and I try to get Delonte uh, West. And, uh, but anyway, so J Jameer came over, you know, said hi, you know, signed the program. You know, I asked Delonte, and Delonte said, no, I don't sign autographs. So, you know, I, I should have known at that time that, you know, Delonte is, uh, um, you know, well, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Got a Delonte piece. I don't know what to say about Delonte. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, all you knew is he doesn't like autographs. Delonte. Well, I turned down a young Durst from an autograph, and I, and I have not forgotten about it. And uh, he lost a, a fan in me at the time. So um, he made an enemy that day. That he did. That he did. <laughs> and hey, he turned me down, and Dayton ended up winning the game over a ranked St. Joe's team. So that was that was a lot of fun. 
Uh, instant karma. It is instant karma from it. So I, I was happy. So yeah, Dayton has that massive win. Uh, we continue to win. And then we have Xavier uh, coming back to play us. You know, back then, it was always a home and home with Xavier. So we got to play each other twice, twice each year, which was awesome. Um, unfortunately, Dayton uh, did lose to Xavier by one. You know, those Xavier teams just, they were good. You know, they were led by, you know, Thad Mata at the time, you know, and they had, they had good players. Um, you know, it's just, it's hard to argue. They were, you know, top 15. They're ranked at the time as well. So it was just a good game. Um, unfortunately, got the best of Dayton. So Dayton finished the regular season 14 and, and two in the A-10 play, which is, which is awesome. And the best part about this is for some reason, the A-10 decided to um, have the A-10 tournament at UD Arena. So the fact that it was at UD Arena, the place was the place was just sold out and rocking each round. And um, you know the A-10 start it started with uh, we played Rhode Island, we handled Rhode Island one by you know fifteen to twenty points. Then we played St. Joe's again. So here comes Jameer, here comes Delante, and you know good old Phil Martelli has his boys ready. So Autograph that was time. Probably one of the best home games I've ever been to. Uh, it went back and forth. Um, it was a, an awesome, awesome game. And Dayton ended up winning. And when we won that game, it felt like, you know, this team is going to do it. They're going to win the A-10 title uh, for the first time in, I think, in my lifetime. Uh, you, know, you know, so we played Temple. So Temple versus Dayton, A-10 championship at UD Arena. Uh, and it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, Dayton ended up winning that, being A-10 champs, celebrating on their floor. And, you know, it was... It was a great event. I think back then the games were played on, on Saturday. You know, so Dayton fans got to, you know, really just sit around and wait for Selection Sunday the next day. You know, thinking, you know, hey, we, we're a top, you know, we're a top 20 team. We're a conference, you know, champions. You know, what are we going to be ranked? You know, what's our seating going to be? Um, you know, and, and when the seedings came out and Dayton was a four seed, I think everyone was amazed at the, really at the respect Dayton got. Because um, it was it was uncommon for you know really teams from the A10 or Conference USA et cetera to get you know really a top top six seed. Uh, so the fact that we got a four seed it was awesome. Our opponent was Tulsa, um, and I wasn't sure what to think at the time. You know Tulsa was a 13 seed. Um, unfortunately, with the NCAA seedings, we were playing in Spokane, Washington, and it was the very last game of the day. So the game was on Thursday, and I remember the tip didn't happen until probably 10, 10.30 at night. And, um, you know, as I said, I was, you know, 12, 13 at the time, and, of course, for school the next day. So, you know, leading up to, you know, the tournament, I'm wearing Dayton stuff every day, and I'm, I make sure everyone knows, you know, Dayton's a four seed. So make sure you put Dayton's in your in your tournament pools, right? We're doing a tournament pool at school. So I'm, I'm you know, hyping them up, you know, because that's finally my time, you know. It's finally time for, for us to me to, you know, show, hey, you know, this is why this state program is so special. You know, uh, my whole life kind of leading up to it. You know, it's always about Ohio State, right? It was always about Cincinnati. It was always about Xavier. The fact that Dayton felt like finally broke through, you know, I, I remember just telling all my friends and really anybody uh, who would listen, even teachers, hey, pick Dayton, right? So, um, you know, the fact that the game was on Thursday uh, night, I remember, um, you know, obviously staying up late to watch it. And uh, unfortunately, Dayton just Dayton just played terrible. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was the time. Maybe it was um, you know a lot of different effects. But they just shot bad. They looked rusty. The game was never really close, really for much uh, much of the game. Uh, so unfortunately, they end up losing to Tulsa, being upset in the first round, uh, and that and that hurt. Um, I didn't want to go to school the next day. <laughs> I remember thinking, yeah, you know, I, I can't I can't show my face now. You know, we just. <laughs> We just got upset, you know, we, we, the game was just never close to the second half. So, uh, very disappointed to lose that game on top of losing that game. You know, Oliver Purnell, who just you know, really turned around this program, uh, accepted a job with Clemson. Um, so he jumped Dayton's now look for a new coach. You know, this is my first time in my memory really going through it. Cause I, Hey, what, who's going to, who's going to coach his team? Cause my whole life, I'm just kind of used to the Oliver Purnell being the coach. And uh, Dayton hired a, a young assistant named Brian Gregory. Uh, Brian was a former assistant coach at Michigan State. Michigan State just won, you know, won the title in 2000. 
Uh, so I think a lot of people were excited because they're thinking, hey, we just got, you know, Izzo's top guy. And um, Gregory stepped in and he was, I mean, he was, he was gifted a very experienced team. You know, we still had the big, you know, core of Marshall, Wallaskowski, and Finn. Um, and so he, you know, he was able to really step into a, a senior-led team, which, which greatly benefited him, you know, year one. I noticed that that was the last time we won because I was thinking like, oh, it's well, nice to see three wins in the A-10 tourney. Yeah. And then it's like, I think this might be the last time yeah. that that happened. And it was, and I was like, that feels insane. gross. Insane. <laughs> I mean, that, I like how, like, how is that possible? I don't know. It's almost 20 years. Yeah. We're, we're, we're cursed in the, when it comes conference tournament time. Yeah, just... I mean, we seriously are. Oh. Like I, 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 so I've been to, Three or four since we graduated, and I, I refuse to go now because I'm like, what's the point? I mean, we're going to lose day one. You're going to get your heart ripped yeah. out. Yeah, early. I, I rather prefer the November tournaments where I'm guaranteed games rather than the March tournaments where they're one. Yeah. Two. <laughs> All right. So um, year one of the the BG era um, started off awesome. Um, you know, I, he he was. He had Ramon, he had Keith, he had Sean as main guys. Mark Jones was getting older. Um, you know, Monty Scott started to develop, you know, into a, a great guy. Um, Frank Iguodala was still around to be a role player. Uh, unfortunately, um, BG's first recruiting class was a giant swing and a miss. Um, you know, quite honestly, looking back at, you know, these recruits, um, and not to speak negative on them, I, I don't know if he even – you know, looks at them. Um, it was, they were, they were zero stars on, uh, on any recruiting websites. And, um, you know, maybe it explained why BG struggled so much in following years. Um, but yeah, so luckily Oliver left some, some great talent behind, some good experience behind. And, you know, probably the number one thing that people were looking forward to uh, for this tournament or for this year was Dayton was in the, you know, the Maui tournament. You know, the Maui tournament is, is you know, in my mind, the premier, you know, non-conference tournament, you know, college basketball. Um, you know, we're talking about that, the Maui gym and the Maui rims and everything. And it was, it's, it's just a special tournament. I remember Dayton, uh, a couple of years prior, Dayton played, I think it was just Tony Stanley era. Dayton played and, you know, they were playing UConn, they were playing Arizona, um, you know, on Maui. And, you know, they upset those teams and beat those teams and, um, you know, special things can happen in Maui. So first game of Maui, Dayton played Central Michigan. Um, you know, when we go out, I remember Keith Walaskowski, you know, just looked like a, a man on a mission. Uh, so Dayton went out and went by 20. The next game, um, you know, there's a couple upsets in, in this in this field. Uh, I know Ohio State was in it. Um, and a couple other bigger programs that it normally are were in it. And, and this year, that specific year, is just a couple upsets. So the following year we, we play, or the following game, we played San Diego State. Uh, so we go out and beat San Diego State. Next thing you know, Dayton is playing, you know, about to play in the championship game. Um, and I'm thinking, man, who, you know, who are we going to play here? Um, you know, and the kind of the upsets continue. Uh, and then I guess in, in peak Maui fashion, we end up playing Hawaii in the championship game. <laughs> In the Maui tournament. <laughs> so needless to say, we go out, we handle business. We're officially Maui champions, you know, and, and Keith Walaskowski is the MVP of Maui, which is which is awesome. So I love how every year, you know, the Maui tournament's on ESPN, and every year they show the wall of champions, and you see, you see Duke, you see UCLA, you see Dayton, and you see, you know, North Carolina, and you just see all these top programs. It's just awesome that you always see Dayton there from forever now. Um, you know, and, and for Keith being the MVP, you know, he's, he's on the same list as, you know, Adam Morrison and Kemba Walker and, um, you know, um, Bray Felton, you know, it's just so many, I mean, it's the best of the best on there. So, uh, it's awesome for Keith. It's awesome for Dayton. Uh, I can't wait until Dayton goes back to Maui. It feels like whenever we go there, we got that, we got that Maui magic rolling. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was awesome. You could have stopped your sentence before when you said, uh, you know, you see, you see Duke and you see, you know, Carolina and you see Dayton and, you know, it's nice to see all those top programs and then see Dayton list. You could probably just could have said all those top programs. True. 
you know, it's, true. It's, it's fitting there. But yeah. um, the other thing I wanted to say was kind of theory, working theory number three is that uh, Ohio State didn't want any of that smoke. And so they were just like, oh, I'll just get upset. Interesting. Excellent. So, yeah, well, let's, let's throw that in there. So, uh, so anyway, so when Dayton was playing in the Maui tournament, um, you know, the field had, you know, San Diego State, who we beat, Ohio State, Villanova, who we beat the year prior. Uh, so anyway, San Diego State crushed Ohio State, you know, and, and from there, I don't think Ohio State's been, a, you know, known as a basketball school. Uh, but anyway, Ohio State intentionally avoids playing us, potentially. So, you know, Dayton beat San Diego State on their way to the, the championship game. But also, better news is, is Shamanad actually ended up upsetting Villanova in the first round. And then it was oh, yeah. the Shamanad in the in the semis, man. The winner went on to the championship game to play Dayton. So it was uh, Hawaii it was divided. Wild. The Battle of the Islands. Battle of the Islands, indeed, indeed. So um, an all around great tournament. Um, you know, looking at the all tournament team, you know, Sean Finn was on it, Keith Waskowski was on it, and Ramon Marshall's on it, and those three were you know, for the pillars of, of the Dayton basketball program at this time. Uh, the rest of the non-con, um, you know, pretty weak. Not anything like that the year prior. Probably the the headline was, you know, uh, we, we beat Cincinnati at Dayton last year. Now we had to go to Cincinnati the following year. Uh, and unfortunately, we, uh, <laughs> you know, we lost by about 30 to them. Uh, but, you know, it's good to see those, those programs were, were playing each other year in and year out. You know, if only, if only, you know, Dayton, Cincinnati, Xavier, and Haas State could, you know, do the, the yearly annual tournament like Indiana, you know, teams do, um, yeah, that would be, that would be great. But um, Dayton also played St. Louis again. Uh, good old Conference USA St. Louis at UD Arena. Uh, unfortunately, they, they still got the best of us. Uh, and then in, in peak Brian Gregory fashion, we also lost to, uh, Wyoming uh, in the non-con. So um, it started out great win in Maui, disappointing losses to, you know, Wyoming and, and St. Louis. And then I guess maybe an expected loss to a Cincinnati team in Cincinnati. But overall, you know, the team started 10 and three, um, you know, and heading into A-10 play, you know, I think there was many things to, to look forward to. To A-10 play, the, the team started on fire. You know, they, they won their first nine A-10 games, including a win over Xavier finally. So I know they lost twice the year prior. Um, good to see a, a senior led, you know, Keith Wallace team getting over that hump, beating Xavier, um, you know, and, and BG getting his first win in the, in the Xavier, Xavier rivalry. Um, you know, some of the other highlights, um, you know, I know we talked about St. Joe's and we talked about, you know, them, you know, being special. Well, this was that, this was the St. Joe's team, um, you know, so Jameer was rolling and, and, you know, all those guys were, were pretty much back from last year's team. Um, so that St. Joe's team was number three in the country at the time. Uh, needless to say, we went into uh, Hagen Arena and we lost uh, pretty bad uh, to them. But, you know, that St. Joe's team beat everybody this year. So understandable. Um, you know, unfortunately, then uh, we had a loss to, to GW at GW, which is never easy. Uh, but those GW teams were, were tough back in the day. Um, you know, they, they, they had, they had good players, you know, and they were a decent program. So, um, you know, nothing to, nothing to frown about there. Uh, then of course, you know, as we talked about, they always played Xavier twice a year. And this of course was at Centos. So, um, we all know that the outcome for that one as well. So, um, overall, you know, the team finished 22 and seven in the regular season. And, you know, back then really the goal was if you get to 20 wins, you always have a shot at making the tournament. Now it seems like you need 24, 25 wins to be in at large, but if you get to 20, you got a shot. Um, so this team was 22 and seven. And, you know, the best part of all was the A-10 tournament was back at UD Arena. Um, Dayton started off beating Duquesne, um, you know, one by, you know, double digits. We, then we played a Richmond team uh, snuck by. We we won by two points. That was a very close game, and then we played a, a very hot Xavier team. Uh, Xavier did beat you know St. Joe's uh, in the quarters. You know they beat them by twenty, and then they went ahead and and played a good that George Washington team and also won by by twenty plus. So the, the Xavier team was hot. 
unfortunately, uh, Xavier did get the best best of us at UD Arena in the A-10 championship game, which is a very rough sentence to say. Makes me sad to say it, actually. Um, but on the bright side, Dayton was 24-8 and overall. That is a good enough record to get in the NCAA tournament. Um, so, you know, the fact that Dayton made back-to-back tournaments, um, you know, it's probably the first time in, you know, in my lifetime that, that you know, we made it. So, it was good to see the program, you know, obviously a four seed in, in 2000, last year. Um, you know, this year, in 2004, Dayton was a, they were a 10 seed playing a seven seed to Paul. Um, you know, looking back at it now, you know, hard to think one to Paul was a good enough program to be in the tournament, but, um, you know, DePaul was a, you know, a, um, a well-respected program back then. Uh, so Dayton was back in, back in the tournament. And, you know, at that point, really the goal was, you know, just to make the tournament. You know, I, I've never in my lifetime experienced a win, you know, so I didn't know what that felt like. It's like, hey, we got in the tournament. And I guess now if we win, great. But if not, it's a successful year. Uh, unfortunately, BG did not get the job done. Um, and, you know, we ended up losing by seven to DePaul, uh, 76-69. So, once again, the, the Dayton was one and done in the tournament, uh, but it was good to see Dayton make the tournament back-to-back years. Um, expectations were high for BG because he made his first year, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, and then took him, you know, five years later to get back to the tournament uh, in 2009 where Dayton did beat West Virginia. So, BG did get us over the hump. Uh, I think BG finally, um, you know, breakthrough there was uh, was a thing we needed to to have the success that we did in 2014 and you know 2015 and you know 2019, et cetera. Um, so um, I guess credit to BG for that. Uh, but overall, I think for 2002 and 2000, you know, three teams were uh, you know the kind of the cornerstones or maybe the building blocks of the program that showed that. You know, this team or this program can't compete, you know, for conference title conference titles. This program can't compete for NCAA bursts. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't see them advance. Uh, but overall, it was a it was an awesome time. Uh, it was an exciting time. And, um, you know, it really kind of led us into the, the next phase in, in Dayton basketball. Um, OK, so, you know, how. You know, like high school yearbooks have like the most likely to succeed and most likely to whatever. Um, yeah. You told that that Delonte West story, um, rejecting your your signature request. Anyone uh-huh. from Dayton history is like most likely to pull a Delonte West and reject a kid's signature request. That's a good question. Um, I would go Rob Lowry, and <laughs> I would say Rob because. I just remember playing Xavier in the A-10 tournament and Dayton was making a comeback close to winning. And that Xavier guy said something to Rob and Rob pushed him, got technical. Next, you know, the game's over. So, you know, from there, I could just see Rob rejecting an autograph from kids um, who I think he naturally now goes by Jamaican Rob. Um, somehow he's he's got connected with Kevin Durant's kind of in Kevin Durant's inner circle. So given the fact that, that KD would probably do that to people, I feel like Lowry would probably do that to people as well. It's a good one. Yeah. It's good. Jamaican Rob, huh? Jamaican Rob. If you Google it, there's some interesting stories out there for it. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure there are. Yeah. Okay. So one other. Yeah. So we have the, um, you know, the working theories that that we've collected here. So we've got the the Villanova pouting and blocking us from from the Big East. We've got Coach K not, uh, you know, maybe being scared of us coming back to Cameron Indoor, uh, Ohio State not wanting any of that smoke in Maui. Any other kind of overtime working theories uh, of Dayton basketball? Certainly, there's you know Xavier being cowards and uh, you know abandoning the trophy because they're they don't want any part of that going forward any other programs you want to put on blast here good question uh probably just the ohio teams i mean you know the fact that you know ohio state you know i know we played them in the nit one year 
um, you know, Cincinnati, we used to play them all the time, which is awesome. You know, and of course, Xavier, the fact that those four teams do not year in and year out play each other, it just blows my mind. I don't know how Mike DeWine does it on the call and, and calls up each athletic director and says, you know what, hey, come to come play to in Cleveland or something. Um, I mean, it would just be so good for the state and for the local bars and restaurants to, to host something uh, because, you know, fans are going to come out. Uh, obviously, most fans would be there would be Dayton, but fans would come out for those other programs. You know, it'd be cool. It would be awesome. I, I, I just I can't believe they don't do that. And I, I really think it's. I don't know who to blame. I know I, I always tag all, each coach and say, hey, come play us. But I don't know if it's Ohio <laughs> State. I don't know if it's Xavier. In my mind, it's it's all three of them who are scared. Has your uh, tagging ever led to a uh, a renewed matchup? It will one of these days. Durs, we'll get you out of here on this as our resident Twitter Dayton recruiter. Who of all the recruits over time have you most been crushed by? As they did not choose Dayton Flyers. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough question. There is there is a lot of them. Long list. If you today, if you ask me, I would say probably McKinley Wright. The fact that he was signed to Dayton, he probably had the best commit video I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, it was it was the hype of all hype videos. Um, <laughs> you know, and the fact that he was so good in college. Um, you know, hurts. I know we got crutch or things like that, but that one, that one was tough. Um, now next year at this time, if you tell me we, we, we didn't land Gabe cups, uh, that's probably going to hurt even more. Uh, in my mind, Gabe cups is, is the guy that could take Dayton to, you know, potential one seed, potential two seeds. I think he's awesome. Uh, another one that hurt a lot was Luke Pinard. Um, you know, so I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. And, you know, I played in a, uh, it was, the conference was called SWBL, Southwest Buckeyes League, uh, but it was known in Dayton as the Slow White Boys League. And uh, <laughs> Luke Kennard played in the SWBL. So the fact that you had a white kid in the SWBL who, you know, was good and was D1 good, you're like, like he's going to Dayton. You know, how can you not? Um, you know, that's just the mindset I had. And the fact that, um, you know, all of a sudden he blows up. He's a five star. He doesn't even put Dayton in his top five. Um, you know, that is that is a that just rubbed me the wrong way. And and he's someone where, you know, I know he had some success at Duke. Um, you know, he's he signed a big contract in the NBA, but man, come on, <laughs> that uh, that bothered me. So, yeah, those three stick out, you know, right away. I'm sure there's. There's many others I could I could go over, but those three have felt like, man, we should have we should have got those. Another one uh, was Adrian Payne. Um, you know, Adrian Payne was also a five star from. Uh, he went to you know um, went to uh, da, 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 went to inner city Dayton High School, uh, and he, he I mean he went to Dayton games for as long as long as I can remember from his freshman year. I mean BG was recruiting him hard, and uh, you know, I was thinking how can we not get him and. Uh, of course, he he chose Michigan State. So the fact that Tom Izzo would recruit a guy over, you know, his friend. I don't know what kind of person that, that shows Tom Izzo to be, but I don't know if I'd recruit someone over my good friend. I would, I would let him have him. So, uh, yeah, that one that one hurts as well. Working theory number five, Tom Izzo is a bad friend. <laughs> Very bad friend. <laughs> and, and one more, I know he went to Dayton for a year for one hot second, but Juwan Staten. Um, he was another one where we recruited him hard. He was at all the games and, um, you know, I know he started as a freshman, uh, you know, I know potentially there were some issues with his, with his dad and BG and things like that. But, you know, the fact that, you know, he went to West Virginia, uh, and had success at West Virginia, it's just like, man, why couldn't, you know, why couldn't that guy stay and stay in Dayton? So it's important to keep the, keep the talent in the nine, three, seven. Miss out on hot boy season. Uh, that was a, that was a good <laughs> hot boy season. Yeah. Oh, how can I forget him? Oh, man. Oh, that's a very good one. Especially watching him go off in the... West Virginia. Yeah. That's right. I mean, Huggins, Huggins, I think think the Dayton teams beating Cincinnati just robbed Huggins the wrong way, that he intentionally 
just continues to recruit in the 937 just to get back at us. Working theory number six. Yeah. Hard to argue. It really is. I don't find he, many holes in any of these theories. He, he got Juwan Staten from us. He stole a hot boy from us. Miles McBride from Moeller. Went and got what him. If, what if he takes Gabe Cups? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Durs, do you have a Gabe Cups poster above your bed? Not yet. <laughs> There you have it. That is the story. And these are the college basketball stories. Is it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CBB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. And now we have the greatest recruiting class of all time. Oh my God. I mean, when, when you look at it, it was funny because I, I was looking this up over the weekend the recruiting class we had for for this group compared to what it is now i mean it's like i don't know if zero, zero stars like yeah. they don't even they don't even put the uh the five stars up there it just says like na it's it's, it's, it's unbelievable just, like i don't even know what those guys just even the clear night sky yeah zero it's, stars. it's terrible like i look at that recruiting class and i said holy smokes i wonder why we didn't win anything right. so with the nil deal Gabe Cups would be a top five college basketball NIL player the day one he steps on campus. Any campus. If you if you look at Gabe's Cups, his Instagram followers, things like that, he if you would combine probably the entire Dayton team right now, they don't exceed Gabe. Gabe has the LeBron James boost because he was running with his son his whole career, his whole life. So, I mean, Gabe's going to be a, a cheat code at, at the college level when it comes to the NIL deals. He's got that built-in uh, Solo Cup sponsorship there. He does. That he does. I'm just happy to talk about Gabe Cups. I want to talk about it on, on Sully's podcast, and he didn't let me. So, good times. <laughs> you can talk about anything here. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite uh, Dayton Twitter follow? Favorite Dayton Twitter follow? Uh, that's tough. Um, probably ghost gives me always a good laugh. It's very, uh, uh, jabs of course is good. Uh, Jeff Pfeiffer, gotta give him a shout out, but, uh, who's your least favorite? Did you guys meet at all at, uh, Laura and I's wedding? No. And I like, that was Jeremy. I can't remember what we were talking about. He's like, oh, yeah, Darius was there. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. But what, what uh, things are always a blur. The infamous Twitter. Once the music starts, I just feel like the next thing I know, I'm, I'm waking up the next morning. But, yeah. Oh, that was a good night. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was the guy that uh, dislocated his shoulder on the dance floor. I don't know if you remember that at all. No, I didn't even see that. No. <laughs> Pat, you want to do a play-by-play? Uh, Damn. Yeah. Yeah, let me just, your head. just turn the camera. No, uh, I tried to dive into the middle of like the circle in my. So did you pop it back in and just go on, or what? What'd you do? Jeremy, Jeremy, yeah, my mom popped it back in. <laughs> Damn, there's a there's yeah. a video of it. Yeah. yeah, it's um, I don't know, somewhere on my my Instagram posts um, <laughs> around the wedding. There's there's a couple couple different ones, but there's just a video of of Pat getting his shoulder popped in by my mom. Man, I've, so I've never, cool. I've never heard someone dislocate their shoulder at a wedding. So, hey. yeah, I haven't either. So good to be, good to be the first. Yeah, yeah. Those, those old, those old school lamp floors aren't as uh, slippery <laughs> as they look. I yeah, guess. they didn't wax them up. They forgot the wax. Yeah. So we've had some, some coaching turnover. Um, and let's let's exclude Don Donaher and say if you could 
bring, you know, if you could choose one coach for Dayton right now from Dayton's history outside of Donaher, who would you choose to lead the Flyers? I would choose Anthony Grant. In my mind, AG has the best staff. In my mind, AG has had the best success. He's brought in the best recruiting classes. I I, I tr- truly think AG could take the program to levels where Arch and, and BG and, and, and Purnell couldn't. I, I really do think that. Um, you know, I, I think he is, um, you know, we've got some unlucky breaks with, you know, obviously the special season being canceled with no fans last year. Uh, but I think he he is able to create great teams. And I think the team he's creating now, I think they would they would dominate the Archie teams. I think they would dominate all the Purnell teams. Um, you know, maybe not this respective year, but you know, I, I I think when those guys are juniors and you know seniors, I I think it's going to be very it's going it's going to look similar to the you know the OB and Crutcher teams. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I agree. Who would you say of the coaches that have left were you most heartbroken by? So good question. Um, you know, when, when Purnell left, um, I feel like I was too young to understand what it really meant. I was like, oh, he's moving on. Okay. Now, you know, now what, you know, you know, look at, you know, look at my dad thinking, oh, maybe we just hire his assistant. Right. Um, yeah, I think I was just, you know, too young to understand it. But then once BG left, uh, I think part of it was relief because I think some people maybe saw it was a potential sinking ship. Uh, it felt like his recruiting classes kind of continued to get better and better. Uh, and unfortunately, his last one was probably his best one in LaDante Hedden. Uh, but when he left, it was kind of like, you know, we need a, we need a restart and refresh. Uh, and then when Archie stepped in, um, you know, we all know the special, you know, couple seasons Archie had with his recruiting mm-hmm. class, uh, with Scooch and all them. And, and when he left, that was, that was crushing. Uh, I remember um you know where i was at the exact moment you know i was i uh, had uh, a couple of my buddies in town and we we're doing a tour of our of our apartment uh, and showing them some of the amenities and things like that and i remember looking over and, and, and i saw the date logo on espn thinking oh it's a date logo on espn it's the golf season right now right and of course i see you know archie miller in indiana and, and i just wanted to jump off the 30th story right then and there saying my gosh we're, we're screwed now you know we finally had this program running and, you know, now what? And, um, you know, I think AG, you know, has, has done a great job of, of lifting it to new heights. Um, I mean, who would, you know, think it back to, you know, not seeing an NCAA tournament win for, you know, for what, 19 years uh, to, you know, being a top five team, being a number one seed. Um, it truly is, has been, a, in my mind, an awesome rise 